Hello and welcome back to the Hootsie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, of course, we're looking at the latest episode of Doctor Who Flux, which is Chapter 4, Village of the Angels. And of course, we'll be giving out uh, the uh, listener feedback, uh, the dreaded stats, and also what's been in, in the Doctor Who news world of late. Uh, but first, we're going to kick off things with a uh, a review. Of, is review the right word, Paul? I'm not entirely sure. A look at, yeah. should I say? A, a yes. look at, yes. A, a look at Village of the Angels. Uh, but before we do, let's have a little listen to the trailer. Can you state your name, please? Claire Brown. Peggy! It's happening again. We're missing a little girl. Everyone in the village disappears on the 21st of November, 1967. Jericho, wait! What's going on? Tonight. Righto then. So, Paul, it's your turn to kick off proceedings this time. So, what did you think of this one? Yeah, liked it. Um, quite fast-paced. And, yeah, got the got the... Got the enough scariness in the angels to be to to carry it along. Mm. And yeah. to be honest, that is really all there is to this story, this episode, really, isn't it? It's just the fight, the running away from the angels. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's it's a it's a Doctor Who base under siege story, which yeah. which I've always loved. Actually, I, yes. I I really have done. So this was this was. I say, it's ref- I say refreshing. It's not, you know, it's quite a, a familiar trope of Doctor Who. But I loved it. I really did love it. It was, it was spooky. It was atmospheric. Uh, I liked the, you know, the watching the angels attack on mass like that as well. It was, it was really. I thought it was really well done. Uh, it's something I said because I, I did a, a, a quick review for. Um, it's like a very straight after it aired, basically, um, on Sunday night for, for the the other podcast, on Doctor Who podcast. Um, and I said then, and I, I still think this now, even after I've had time to think about it, is that this would have made a better Halloween episode than the one we actually got on the 31st of October. Yeah. This had everything, didn't it, really? For, for a, at the horror, the sci-fi, the, the jump scares, you know, it was, it was amazing. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I really did. Yeah, I mean, it, it was using the angels as they need to be used, wasn't it? Oh God, yeah, yeah. And without, you know, you're sort of going, you're going through thinking, well, where does this take the story? Where does this take the story? Until you finally get the, obviously, the twist at the end, which then makes you go, oh, and now, now, yeah, wait for next week. So yeah, well, yeah. Should, should, should we should we discuss that? Now, actually, the ending. Yes. Before, before we, yeah, let's let's do that because I think this is the bit that's really got everybody going. Wow! Um, and I say it was it was a real cracker of a of a cliffhanger. It, it really was. Yeah, the Doctor's now a weeping angel, and has been recalled back to Division. Uh, yes. Which, yeah, okay, I didn't, I didn't either of those things. I didn't see coming. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, there's been there's been questions that the angels aren't quite 
just the um, self-serving creatures that we've had in previous no episodes. There's always been that hint, hasn't there? There's a there's a greater purpose to them this time. Mm. Yeah, and we sort of find that they're a division extraction squad. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, that's a that's a twist. But also, I mean, it it kind of plays into the whole Carvinista thing, Lupari um, being part of division. It, and yeah. now we know that the division is made of all different races from different planets, and you know, it's it goes wider than just Gallifrey. Yeah, which is which is really interesting, uh, and it makes you wonder whether it's so. I can I put it? Division so depraved that they will even use someone like the Daleks in there as well, yeah, for, for their I mean, purposes. It, it is, and it is now. The question is actually who is running the division? Yeah, precisely because because Ga- yeah, because Gallifrey's gone again. Uh, so yeah. yeah, who's actually who's in control? You know, it's, or, it's, or, yeah, you know, or, or what time are we in? I mean, you know, is this, you know, the whole thing about time being jumped? Is that is that why the division are now in the thirteenth Doctor's time frame, if you like, rather than um, the fugitive Doctors? Mm, that's a possibility. It's a possibility, but that's the thing. We we at this stage. We really don't know where this is going to go, but I think this is one of the, before we talk about the rest of the episode. I think it's one of the things that concerns me because it was a cracking episode; it really was. But we've only got two episodes left now, and there's yeah. an awful lot to tie up. Yes. So, um, I mean, next week we're bringing in more characters and the return of Unit and and Kate Lethbridge Stewart. So. Are we assuming that this is going to be a Doctor Light episode? Because obviously it's got resolved the, the, the fact of um, how do Dan, Yaz, and now Professor Jericho escape 1901? Yeah. As well. So, I mean, are they trapped in, in the state that the angels pulled that village out of out of space and time? Is it has it been left like that and it's still collapsing on itself, or have they really gone back to the full nineteen oh one in Devon, planet Earth kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, um, we, yeah. There's so many questions left left unanswered um, with this, and I think now after I watched, sort of going back to last week's episode and thinking about what's happened this week, last week didn't really move the story along at all. Much as I enjoyed it. It didn't really move the whole flux division thing along too much, did it? No. The only thing it really did was was Bell and and Vinda. That 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 was the only thing that sort of mo- that sort of moved anything along as such. But what the actual for, for the Doctor Dan and Yaz, it didn't really move anything along at all. Well, yeah, because what what we seem to be having with this is now we're going to have we seem to have certain strands of this story and one week moves one along mm. and the next week moves the next one along while the other one sort of stands still because we had really nothing with just a brief appearance of Azure. Yeah. And nothing of the Swarm in this no. episode. Or, or Well, you had, you had reference to the flux and, and the sort of damage it had done to, yeah. um, to, to other planets. Was it yeah. was it Pisano or was it what it was called or I can't remember that planet was where where Bell went to, but yeah, apart from that, there was no. I mean, actually, outside of episode one, we haven't really seen the flux, have we? No, 
No, um, which seems to be that it is it, it has been and well, been and gone. Apparently, apparently been and gone. Yeah. Um, there's got to be more to it to than what, that, surely. Yeah, but, to what, <laughs> but to what? Uh, how that leaves the story, we're not sure. No, no. Only exactly. Azur seems no to be using passenger to round up survivors and imprison them. But yeah, we have no idea as to as to what ultimately their what their game is. No, I mean we don't know at the moment. I mean, is it altruism on on the part of Azure? I mean, does Swarm know she's doing it? Um, we're assuming that that yes. Is she is she is she sorry using passenger to save them or imprison and hold them hostage because? Yeah, we we don't know. We we really do not know. We still ha- still hasn't been explained why Azure was living as a human. No, either have we? So there's still a hell of a lot to be um, to be explained. And I've got a I've got a feeling that this is not going to be wrapped up by the end of this or by the end of the sixth episode. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be more. We've got to be stopped. There's got to be a point where questions have got to be stopped and answers have got to be given, isn't there? Yeah, um, yeah. Because if that doesn't start happening, if we, if we get another episode that doesn't actually answer anything, it is either going to be totally rushed or we're going to go into the specials with and it's answers be wrapped- still to be. Yeah, yeah. And we've got to wait like another year for it all to be wrapped up and then she regenerates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I hope not. I really no. do hope not. I hope that this is wrapped up come episode six, but I I have got a snagging suspicion it's going to be rushed. I I, I and I hope not because I've been enjoying it so far. I really have been. Yeah. Um. So anyway, let, let's let's get back to um the, the episode in hand, shall we? <laughs> um. Yeah. So we've, as we both already said, you know, really really good use of the angels. It was atmospheric. The horror angle, everything was really done well. Um. So let's get on to the sort of the the, the 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 characters then. So obviously this was a really heavy episode for for Jodie Whittaker, and I felt she carried this episode really well. Yes, I re I really did. Uh, I I just wish we had more stories for Jodie Whittaker to, to to do like this. I know there is that thing for the Doctor now to explain everything that's happening. Um, and I'm getting what is is that now just a quirk of that Doctor, perhaps. Maybe it's taken me three series to, to realise that. I don't know. <laughs> just a quirk of Chibnall. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if it's a quirk of him or a quirk of the Doctor, how the Doctor's written. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. Or it's, you know, he feels that the audience has to be spoon-fed information. I don't know. But I think in this one, it kind of worked because it was, it was the Doctor thinking on her feet. Yeah. And really having to think on her feet as well because whatever she did, the angels found a way around it and just had them all sort of cornered really and I think Yaz and Yaz and Dan being sort of sent back to 1901 was was good and again it wasn't resolved which I thought was a brave thing to do as well there's no sort of real resolution for them but I I don't know about you Paul but I felt Dan didn't really contribute much to this week's story um, he didn't do a lot. Yaz was really leading the one which I was really pleased to see and the central river now that Yaz was a copper yeah, I mean, having complained for two series that they've given Yaz the 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 sit back and do nothing, it would have been a bit much if really if Dan had then been brought in as a character, so that Yaz ends up sitting back 
doing nothing again. It yeah. is, you know, at least at least it's sort of always a case of, well, he's, you know, the new person. He is going to be the one least likely to be understanding what's going on and to be yeah. a bit... But he didn't do anything at all. I mean, I mean, somebody commented just how much time the character of theirs actually interacted with the Doctor, and it's hardly at all. No. We're now four episodes in, and... I mean, okay, it does harken back to the... I mean, this. I think this is the this is the 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 thing um, that people complain about the fact that you know um, that the the, mod, the way modern Doctor Who is, you get this little bottle story each week, like confined to forty five to fifty minutes usually, and you don't give it doesn't get the the story doesn't get time to breathe and not enough time for people to go off and do their own thing. We, we used to have like the, the four parters or the six part and they, and to, to fill out the time you would have the, the, the doctor's companion going off and doing their own thing and then meeting other characters. And then yeah. they always come back and meet the doctor again at some point. Um, this is kind of what we're getting now, really. But I think people are still complaining about the fact that, oh, well, Dan hasn't spoken to the doctor, but for, for to fulfil no, that six episode either. story, it's, it's yeah. that's got to happen, hasn't it? Really? Yeah. Well, otherwise you end up with them all in the same room. Yeah. And then there's then there's really nothing for Yaz and Dan to do because the Doctor's doing it all. And having said that, it also, I mean, gives the opportunity to have. I think Kevin McAnally as Professor Jericho was superb mm. in this. Oh, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Got exactly the right uh, tone to the character. Yeah. Wasn't pompous, but wasn't, I don't know, scared or, you know, whatever. No, and what I really... And the whole thing... Yeah, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, what I liked about him was the fact that he didn't argue too much with the Doctor. Because usually they bring those professors in who know that the empirical facts are... Even though they're watching it happen in front of them, they, they, yeah. they still deny it's happening. Um, yeah. So, but no, he just went, okay, this is this is this is happening, and he just all he wanted to, to do it. was learn. Yes, wasn't exactly. Yeah, he saw Precisely it as an opportunity yeah. rather than uh, a disaster. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I, it was so well written and and well acted and. Yeah, because this was it was this this was a, a co-credit for the writer. This was Christian and Maxine Alderton. Um, yeah. Now Maxine Alderton, the last script she contributed towards Doctor, which was my favourite of last series actually was the Hall to the Villa Diodati. Yeah. So, which again had that horror element to it. Yeah, and, so, and the, the base under siege. Yes. So, oh God, oh, please, Maxine Alderton, please come back to Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving your work. I really am. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is Kevin McNally's second time on Doctor, isn't it? Because he played Hugo Lang in The Twin Dilemma. Yeah. All those years ago. It was Hugo Lang, the character's name, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember now. I think it was Hugo <laughs> I, I, Lang. I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> but the, actually, the funny thing was, he's one of the, be- one of the best things in that. It was a, it, I mean, Twin yeah. Dilemma was a terrible story, but again, Kevin McNally was very, very good in it. So yeah, I mean to see him in this and playing this Professor Jericho, uh oh, he was brilliant. Yeah. He was absolutely brilliant. And um, and, and, and the way yeah. actually talking about, you know, Doctor always you know, this long explanation of everything. Yeah. Just the thing about the why are you not scared to him. Mm. 
and saying I was one of the first into was it Belson? Belson, yeah. And after that, you nothing, nothing can scare you again. Hmm. Sort of thing, but then didn't try to explain that, so it left you if you didn't understand what that reference was to go off and look it up yourself. Yeah, do you know I what? Thought, I, which yeah, I thought was that, good. Yeah, because I, I I have a feeling if they'd have sort of done this kind of thing in the first series, the Doctor would have stopped everything to explain to everybody at home yeah. what Belson was and who, you know, you know, yeah. what part of the, of the Holocaust it, you know, and all that. So, um, yeah. But this time you just it just said it. Move on. It was now, an explanation to, 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 to... It was an answer to a question, yeah. which if you either knew or you didn't, if you don't know it, then look it up, you know, sort of thing, yeah, which, is, yeah, which is good. Exactly. Which is, actually, you'll then learn a lot more doing it that way. Mm. By if you, if you are then, you know, interested enough... Well, that's the way it should be. That's the way that it should be, because you should be yeah. going to... You know, if you don't know what it is, and you want to know, go and find out. Yeah. You know... No. If if he, if he, especially something like that, because we know all about, you know, we we were taught that at school, the Holocaust, and I'm not too sure yeah. what the the curriculum is now for World War Two and 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 the Holocaust. I think it, I I really don't know, but obviously our generation knows what it is because we had grandparents who were sort of that generation fought in the war, so we yeah. we we knew all about the, these kind of things. Maybe the new generation doesn't. So, but if you want to know. And you you know what he said there? It was a terrible thing. Yeah. So and that's all you needed to know, really. It it was a terrible thing that affected him. So such a terrible thing that actually, the fear of anything now has gone from him. Yeah. So I think you know? from that point, for, to taking it in that context, well, okay. If if I didn't know what that was, okay, what what was it then? Yeah. And I'll go and look it up. Yeah. So I mean, I know a lot of people do want to be spoon-fed information these days. I think that's just the way things are now. You know, sort of. In yeah. my day, you look things up in a library, but but but, but actually, but no. I mean, actually, first for because you can actually look it up on your phone or whatever. Yes, now. it's there at your I fingertips think, now. It, yeah. it literally was. It was in our day of watching Doctor Who. If you wanted to know something, you'd have to go and look it up in a book. Yeah. Or go to the or, library. Or if you wanted to watch Doctor Who again, you had to get the Target book out of the library. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, so so you could understand if it was if something was spoon fed to you in our generation because there wasn't really it was more difficult to look things up. But no, mm, you had to put think, a bit of effort into it. But now it's easy I to do. The information now, is there. Yeah, yeah, you just type yeah. that into Google and you'll get yeah a lot. Of so so so, so what we what 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 we're what, what I think what we're trying to say is you know. It, it, we don't want to come across as oh things were better in my day. Well, it wasn't. No, things, things no. certainly weren't better when we were growing up in the nineteen seventies. No. Um, okay, you could say that things aren't that great now, but for getting information, and if you're willing to, you know, to do it, it's there. It's right there for. You. It's never been a better yeah. time to be able to yeah. get hold of information and, and afraid, digest it properly. Say, you know, and Doctor Who should be something that's creating a want of finding things out mm. um, I could have said that better but that's how it came out uh, <laughs> you know but it is I mean it, it's yeah, alright I know what you mean <laughs> it, it's supposed to, it's supposed to gr- encourage your curiosity yeah so yeah and I like and that's some of the best bits about Doctor Who if you're going to base things in history or in t- you know mention 
historical facts, then yeah, do mm. it. But then, and then let people go off and and discover the, what what that relates to themselves. Yeah, exactly. Which I hope people go off and do now. Yeah. And to be honest, it wasn't that kind of stuff. Actually, I would argue that all the times where the doctor stops and explains what's happening, it's never been an appropriate moment to stop everything and explain what's go- what what's going on or what a hadron collider is or you know it's yeah. um yeah it's so the the flow of this and okay you, you had the little cutaway to bell on on her on her adventure yeah so that sort of just just sort of broke it up a little bit and then you went back to the doctor and and the angels again so for me it it really worked the pacing of this episode i felt was really really good yeah and I, I dare say people are going to disagree with me on that, but I, I thought it was nigh on. It wasn't perfect, but it's one of the best episodes I've watched in a very, very long time. Yeah, it seemed to be over in a flash, didn't it? I yeah. Mean. Yeah, it was, what, 55-minute running time on this one, but it, it just flew by. Yeah. Was, like no, there was no point I was sort of looking at the watch or sort of... I, I think no. on occasion I, sort of scratch, I think I was scratching my head a little bit as to... Why the angels sort of congregated on that particular section? Why they're all buried in the ground? What was that rock that was there? Why why they were in it? Um, I think if I if I was to watch it a second time, I think I'll probably reach a conclusion on that a bit more. Um, Wasn't it? It was said that that was that was how they they got to this got to the planet. So we don't know how angels travel about, do we? No, we don't. That's that's the thing. We've got no idea. It's something to do with the quantum realm, so, obviously. Um, so I, th- I think... They, I was, they travel by rock. They do. <laughs> they travel by rock. There we are. Um, I think the things that... This is a couple of things that didn't quite work, and I think we're back to resolving the cliffhanger thing again. And that was re- reboot the TARDIS. I mean, that just yeah. came out of nowhere. I thought that was a bit... That was weak, really. I I didn't really sort of go with with that one at all. Um, it's all of a sudden. Oh, there's two there's two wires I can connect together that will reboot the TARDIS. Um, okay, you just got to accept it, really, haven't you? We we've had weaker in the past. Oh, we've had in, a lot weaker, original. but it's just <laughs> a shame because we, we, I, do you yeah. know do you know what though? I think because the rest of the episode was so strong. Yeah. That that got highlighted as being a bit weak for me anyway. Yeah. yeah. It was just a case of actually. It had served its purpose. Yeah. And they needed then to get on with the story without actually... They needed just, needed to get the angels off of the TARDIS and away so that they could actually get on with the story. So, yeah. I yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I that. think the I think the only other sort of weak aspect was the, the Gerald and Jean characters um, who were phenomenally stupid, um, a bit one-dimensional as well. Um and I'd even go as far to say, "Follow me, stupid." As um, I put one on a par with um, Benny from All from Fifty Five. Actually, it was it was that yeah. <laughs> it was that kind of uh, silly character. Interestingly, yeah. though, um, the actor playing Gerald Vincent Brimble was um, one of our favourite classic Doctor's uh, um, stories. Paul, uh, one that will haunt us forever because it was one of our one of our. Um, Commentaries that failed nearly over ten, nearly yes. ten years ago. Vincent Brimble played Tarpok in uh, Warriors of the Deep. Yes, yes. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like cheered when he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I did like it that Peggy that she, she shed no tears when they uh, when they both sort of uh, 
got sort of I don't know, turned to stone and blew away in in the wind yeah. uh, on the, for the second time. Um, yeah, so yeah, but that that was it though. I liked the the fact that the, the woman creeping around the, the graveyard, Mrs. Haywood, was Peggy in the future. Yes. Yeah, uh, that was great. I really did like that because we, we've had this before with Weeping Angel stories, but we never had that where the that person sent back in the past sees themselves in the future like that. No, I thought that was a really good little twist on the whole thing. I really did. Yeah, that that was yeah. wonderful. I mean, it, it, I mean, it does go back to the first story, doesn't it? it go back to Blink, where he's in the in the, host- the yeah, hospital. Oh, yeah, I wish I could remember the guy's name though, because that was quite a, a poignant scene. Yeah. That one wasn't it? Um, which really sort of set up what the angels could do. Which then, yeah. this is now the natural next step, isn't it? That yeah. somebody who's sent back in time would then well, what eventually well, what catch I'd... up. Yeah, catch up with themselves. Yeah. What I liked, what they did with the angels, is that they didn't try and add anything new in there at all. They they no. just basically referenced all the things that basically Moffat introduced. For the, so they had the thing, they'd send them back in time. They're using someone else's voice to speak. Um, yeah. You've got the image of an angel itself becomes an angel. Uh, you've got the, the dust coming out of the eye again. Yeah. Because it's it's in your mind, so the angel's in your head. Uh, I yeah, brilliant. I like the 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 the, um, the angel well, hands suppose, coming I, out I, the walls as well. That reminds yeah. that's that's from a French horror old a very old horror movie with his hands cut. I wish I could remember the name of the bloody horror film. But it's seen with the, with the walls with hands coming out of it. Right. Ah, um, uh, but yeah, it, it reminded me of that. Really, I wish I remember the name of the film. Though I should have looked it up before we started recording, but. Uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, yeah, it was leaning very heavily on the horror element. This one. Yeah, I mean, although we have got the slightly different in the fact that an angel hiding inside a human. Yeah. As opposed to not just the human becoming an angel. Um, I've just got a. I'm beginning to wonder whether the angel that's hiding in Claire's mind, whether it it actually did, it was hiding there for that purpose, or it was just purely a ruse. To get the doctor there for the extraction squad, whether whether that really was the well, well, you know, what by the was sound, it? Was by the it the sound of it? It was hiding, yeah, but knew that the doctor would be drawn to her, drawn to Claire, and thus then would be something to bargain with. Obviously, it worked out that obviously if, if she could say to the the other angels, "I can bring you the doctor," they may let her go. And we don't know if, I mean, what's going to happen to Claire as well. We don't know. Is the angel no. going to leave her mind? Is, is is Claire going to be released? We we don't know. I hope we do get a resolution no. to that as well. Actually, yeah, I hope we do. But no, I I yeah, it was brilliant. It was absolutely like like the obviously it's done re, you know reverse photography, but I thought the, the the drawing of the angel piecing itself back together again. Yeah. I thought was really effective, and then and the fact when the doctor set it on fire and it still tried to get, but it was on fire as well. Yeah. Um, again, I thought was was a really interesting uh, concept. So yeah, it was. Yeah, I I could go on all night about this one actually. <laughs> yeah, and, and the humour was, was was still there, but just not. I mean, like when she basically the um, jeans coat, isn't it? She oh, we're in nineteen forty seven. It's nineteen sixty seven. Oh, you've had that coat a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's a good little throwaway thing, just to lighten the 
the mood, not in the mood. without really yeah, getting exactly. silly or whatever. Well, well, actually, also, Gene and Joe actually thinking the police box was a police box. Police box. And yeah. trying, to use, trying to use the phone. So, yeah, no, it was... It all fitted into the time period. I'm trying to think, though, and again, I should look this up before I recorded, when police boxes were phased out. Because it's 1967. I'm assuming they still would have been around at that time. Yeah, I think so. I th- yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know when they would have been phased out. I've no idea. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think that was really well done. The last little couple of... Um, Lines of dialogue for Jodie Whittaker that reference old Doctor reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, yeah, as well. And uh, when I say run, run as well. So to, to uh, Jericho in, in the uh, in the cave. So that was uh, yeah. And again, if you knew it, uh, that was it. You knew it. You knew it was it was an old yeah. a previous Doctor's little saying. Uh, but I thought there's been quite a bit of that in this series so far. A few little callbacks. Yeah, little lines of dialogue and you know referencing other stories and things. So it was, uh, yeah, very very good. Um, but then the I think the other thing, a couple of interesting things as well, Paul. I don't know if you, was that uh, we got our first mid credit scene as well. Well, I mean to be honest, that was clever because to have put that in anywhere else in the st- if you'd put that in before the the, the end, it would have hmm. broken the spell of the. The um the the tension that was building, mm. but then you couldn't then put it after the cliffhanger as a normal bit of television. So no. very clever to have actually yep start the credits and then sort of stop them and so that was a bit more actually. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was that was that was really unexpected. The other thing as well. I don't know if you noticed, Paul, and, and the, the fact that it wasn't oh, that the, the the credits come to a, a sort of natural stop and they played a bit more. It literally did break through the credits. It did, yeah, yeah. It's like interference coming through, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the other thing is, well, I don't know if you picked up on it, was the the theme tune at the end at the uh, on the end credits was different as well. Yes, because it was missing the ba 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 bum ba 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 bum ba 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 bum. It was it's missing the like the that 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 bass. Or, 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 or that 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 beat that goes, that backbeat that goes through, the theme tune was missing. So I'm beginning to wonder what 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 that actually meant. Yeah. Now I um because it always meant to be that that, was meant to be the heartbeats of a time lord. Is it now so because the the doctor's now an angel, that the heartbeats have stopped? I was going to what there has to be something to it that it's just a little quick little throwaway mm-hmm. thing. Don't know. I'd love to think if anyone else has thought that as well, actually, because I've stayed away from all social media and reviews and everything. I never look at anything or listen to yeah. anything before we record our our, yeah. our, our podcast. So, yeah, I'm just getting to wonder if, if anyone else has sort of thought that as well, actually. But uh, no, I again, I think it was it was absolutely fantastic, and just did a, a couple of different little things, like you said, like mid credits sequences and things you know it's there was a hell of a lot to like in this there really was right so now having said how much i like it can we now go, go shall i now just go on with what my problem with this episode was when i go on then go on it's in there just just a small thing go on if three people are looking at the weeping angels they're not yes. all gonna blink at the same time now do, do you know what i i i did actually think i'm glad you're on it. i did actually think about it if you've got two people there Surely yeah. you don't blink or it will get you. So surely come up with a system so I'll keep my eyes up whilst you blink. 
Yeah. No, you keep your eyes up. Well, for, I blink. For, yeah. Yeah. Do it for a minute each, but with thirty seconds in between. Yeah. You know, so that you can. Yeah. It's like Centaurans all going knocking off at the same time. It's just, yeah, I know. Everyone's gonna everyone's gonna blink at the same time because really the that one in the field shouldn't have got Dan and Yez. There's well, no fe- way it should I, have been able to have crept up on them. Well, I think the only re- shutting I, their eyes at the same time. No, I, no, I think the only reason it did was because a it made their torches go out, and then the moonlight went as well, didn't it? So it was. They had no natural light to keep a, uh, keep an eye on the angel. I think mm. it's only when Dan got his torch working again, it was already on them. Mm. I think that that's that's the only thing I can I can see. But what you say, but if just in all the others. But if you've got more than one of you, more than one of you confronting an angel, get a little system going where you can blink at all yeah. alternate alternate unless, times. Unless they're coming <laughs> up in different directions, yeah. Obviously, but single angel, you could easily do it. <laughs> yeah, cracked it, mate. <laughs> But yeah, that, that that was the thing that got me was just the fact that yeah, you you're right, you're either extremely unlucky that the millisecond that you blink is the yeah, and there's no real need for it if there's if there's yeah more than one of you with one angel yeah yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh, as I dear. say, if if that's the most I can come up with that I don't like or or that's you know left me querying, then that's that's not bad. <laughs> no, no, exactly, exactly. Now that's that's a pretty good hit rate, Paul. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that really is. Um, well, obviously that's what we. Um, unless you've got anything else, Paul, before we nope. head over to nope, uh, to it. feedback yeah. corner. Good, good. Okay, so what did everyone at home think about this? So um, I'm gonna, now going to be joined by Scott in Omega's feedback corner. Those who oppose the will of Omega shall not live. Yes, and welcome to Omega's feedback corner once again. I'm joined by Scott. Hello. Hello, indeed. Hello. Right, okay, so we're going to go through the feedback um, for Village of the, of the Angels, but we've also got some late feedback for uh, last week's episode, Once Upon Time. Uh, so first we're going to uh, look at some feedback from John Michael Lindsay, and John Michael says... Well, my first thoughts were, what the insert Samuel L. Jackson phrase here, what was that all about? It seems we were going to have a yo-yo with this season, one oddball confusing episode, one good one. Don't get me wrong, great performances again from all, but just some shoddy material to work with. I did, however, seriously appreciate seeing Joe Martin again, and I hope there are more of her to come. Let's hope next week's is a little bit more coherent. 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 There we are. Okay. And... and then the last bit of feedback, late feedback we have once upon time was from David Gale. And yes, David yes. says... Is the design of the Daleks or bad quality control? I'm talking about the slats and dome moving together. It wasn't a bad episode, not one I would watch again, though. Okay, that seems to be a sort of pin of a lot of people, actually, yeah. um, sort of since last week. Uh, but now on to some feedback for Village of the Angels. And first up, we have Ben Reed, And Ben writes in to say... I enjoyed it quite a lot. Doctor Flux has been really good overall, to be honest. Tonight's episode was no different. Can't wait to see where it goes from here. The season was worth the wait. Thank you, Ben. And we have a very short one next from Steve Powell, who says... Superb, loved it. And next we have Martin Havel from the Bad Wolf podcast. And Martin mm. says... It, I thought it was incredible. Easily the best of Chibnall era. It's certainly the first one I feel like re-watching. Thank you, Martin. And now we have Stephen Alexander who says... 
It's the first time the angels have had a reason to be somewhere doing what they do, apart from being cruel, of course. Thank you, Stephen. Yes, yes. And we have David Gale again, actually. But David's, actually, he wasn't too keen. Very a different one. Guess I'm going against the feed. I thought it was terrible. I wish I could like it, but it's another chibinal mess. At least there was uh, less exposition. Exposition. Yes. Less exposition. Words. And uh, words. the next one is from, from uh, Twitter. Um, the handle is Totes Amaze Pauls. And, well, they didn't like it either. I thought it was a little less bad than terrible. And some parts were okay. So basically an improvement. But going against the feed too, don't understand how people can say it's great. Okay. It's a different feedback. Yes. Now now we've got some more feedback in the positive light. And next yeah. we have Andrea Gill. And Andrea says... I think I might have forgotten to breathe. Oh, as long as you didn't, <laughs> as you, as long as you didn't blink, Andrea. Um, next we have Jeff Jeffrey Waddle. And Jeff says... Most horrific episode since it came back. Angels have never been better. Jody has never been better. It was practically full of on horror movie, jump scare time. And my goodness, what a cliffhanger. Best round of episodes since the show came back. Cheers, Jeff. I'm going to quickly say something. I agree with him. You agree with him. Oh, good. Okay. Um, Okay. And next up, we have Abby Peck. Far, far better than I expected. And the angel coming through the TV was hell of a special effect. I'm in it until the end for this one. I think we all are, Abby. Yes, yes, and uh, next we have Kevin Mallon. And Kevin writes in and says... Simply incredible. I've not been on the edge of my seat like that for a long time. Genuinely tense and scary. Best episode since, well, Blink. This was Doctor Who, its finest. 10, 100 Weeping Angels out of 100. Well, high praise indeed. Yes. Uh, next we have Cy James, and mm. Cy says... Easily the best of Jodie's era so far. If it, it is not even close, that was excellent all round. Big thumbs up from me. Roll on next week for more. That is when you know what is, what it is doing its job properly. Excellent. Thank you, Cy. And next we have Adam J. Purcell from the Staggering Stories podcast... That was rather good. It must be the first proper Weeping Angel episode since they took Pontramas and, and the first not written by Moffat. Big finish, other tie in media aside. I like them developing of the idea of an angel living in your mind, which obviously goes back to Amy's first encounter with them. An audacious cliffhanger. An audacious. Yeah. Yeah, say again. <sighs> An audacious cliffhanger. An audacious cliffhanger, but what's this about Whipping Angels working for the division? It's a step up from the... The The Lupari. That's for sure. Where's all of the leading? I look forward to finding out. One, only two more of the season, but no doubt elements of the overall storyline will continue through the specials. Another great episode. Who's the writer of the season? What have they done with the real chip? No. We've all been saying that, Adam. We really have. Um, and now we Is have... Tim? Yeah, we have Dean Hill. And Dean says... Flipping Nora. <laughs> What's a belter of an episode? And now we have Alan T. Butcher. And Alan gives his usual um, response of... Jolly good. Jolly good. <laughs> Jolly good. And last, again, we have John Michael Lindsay. And uh, this last bit of feedback. And John Michael says... Quite possibly the best Angel episode since Blink. Great effects, atmospheric soundtrack and uh, excellent script and performance all around. Reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. John Pertby would be proud. 
Looks like we're on the upward swing of the yo-yo again. Although next week looks like a belter as well. Welcome back, unit. Yay. I'm Yay. excited for that. Yes, Yay. I think it is. Yay. Yes, unit, unit. So there, everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody, for writing in with your feedback. It's always interesting to see some um, some opposing views there. Uh, not everybody sort of got on board <laughs> with this one, but I think generally... Everyone really liked this yeah, one, didn't they? I think it was only two people that didn't like it. Yeah, but I bet there's probably more out there somewhere. Just didn't write into our podcast. Yeah, because they're worried that we're going to say something. No, we're but not going to say something. we're not going to say something. Don't worry. No. We're not. Everyone's got their opinion. That's what it's all about. So thanks, everybody, for writing in. Uh, please don't forget to keep writing in to us. We, re- we really do enjoy reading out your feedback. So for another week, uh, this is it from Omega's Feedback Corner. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, well, that's it for feedback for another week. But unfortunately, everybody, I'm so sorry. We're going to continue with this. It's time for stats. So let's now go over to Omega's Stats Corner. Right, okay, everybody. So we've we've got the overnight viewing figures for Village of the Angels. And I thought, well... This has probably got a few people rattled out there in Doctor Who land. So in the background now, I'm just going to drop in some sounds of some Doctor Who fans sobbing. There we go. Okay. So um, the over the unofficial overnight viewing figures for Village of the Angels was 3.45 million viewers. Now that is a, a decline, and we have seen a gradual decline um, over the over this the course of this series. Um, but if you think about what's gone on with I'm a celebrity. Get me out. Ha- get me out of here. Which also launched on the same evening. That shed two million viewers compared to the last series um, opener last year. Yeah. So I just people just aren't watching television live no. anymore. Anyway, I think people just got to accept that now. This is the way it is. So um, and it usually does pick up again um, when it gets to the uh, the consolidated viewing figures, uh, which we now do have for um, once upon time. So the, the the final figures for that consolidated figures were four point six seven million, which isn't that great um, an advance on the actually no it is actually, it is actually good, looking at it actually yeah. the, the overnight three point seven six of the overnights four point six seven that's pretty good yeah. I think War of the Sontos got five point ten so it's a little bit of a drop on the on the on the catch up consolidated viewing figures but hey I still think that that's good and I think it did actually yeah. put it. Ooh, I think it's fifth on BBC One for for that right. day. I think so. I, I think it was still a it was still a good showing. However, the AI went went down to seventy five. Yeah. Now now we've we, we've now we sort of picked up and there's only like five thousand people looking at this or or giving their casting their votes. It doesn't really mean anything. But I would say that last week's episode, if you were coming into this midway through a season, I think oh I'll just I'll just pick up what's going on. You wouldn't have been yeah. able to have done it last week. So it would no. have... Yeah, I think last week's story, as much as I enjoyed it, and as I said previously, it did sort of grind the whole Flux story to, to a little bit of a, 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 a halt. I could understand why this would have got a slightly lower AI, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, you, you're either committed to it, to the whole six episodes, and are trying to work out what's going on, or if you're not, then it is going to absolutely not be enjoyable I wouldn't think yeah yeah there's, so. no, there's not a point where you could sit there and think oh I'll just watch that episode in, in isolation no and and enjoy it for for the storyline <laughs> yeah that's it 
That's it. So I think it was. Uh, yeah, there was a bit of a bit of a, a, a tough episode to jump into <clears throat> midway through the through the season. So, um, but it'd be interesting to see what happens with this one because the word of mouth on this one of for Village of the, of the Angels has been um, really really good. So I'm expected yeah. to see some big consolidated viewing figures for this one. I must admit, three point four five million is, is quite. I expected to get a bit more on that on the overnights. If I'm if I'm honest, yeah. No, knowing it was the Angels as well. Yeah, you know, it's, know. It's, a, it's a well-known baddie. So like like the same thing with Sontarans. People know the Sontarans. People know the Angels. So they usually tend to draw in more viewers. Uh, but, oh, well, it is what it is. Um, we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. So we don't want to dwell on it too much, actually, because it's just, um, it's, at the end of the day, it's all pretty meaningless. <laughs> yes. But anyway, let's, let's, let's end the wailing in the background. There we are. Done. Okay, so uh, so now let's crack on with uh, what's been going on in the news lately. And yet again, unfortunately, we have to start our news item with some with sad news. Um, the actor Bernard Holly um, uh, has died at the age of 81. Now, for those of you who don't know who Bernard Holly is, and you should do really, um, he had two roles in Doctor Who. First off, he played Peter Hayden in Tomb of the Cybermen. Um, but then I think most famously... Um, he played Axos on the voice of Axos um, in the Claws of Axos in 1971. Again, he was one of those. And what I've been reading is not one of those actors that everybody liked. Apparently, he was very, very, again, very approachable, very, fr- <coughs> very friendly, and um, yeah, it's um, again 81. I didn't know. Apparently, he had long term long term illness, which I, I didn't know, um, but. End of the day, it's all like it's sort of like another, another one of those famous sort of. I would say, because I say famous faces, but it's one of those faces you knew from television. Yeah. And and if you're a Doctor Who fan, I mean, the Claws of Axos is such a striking story. Whether whether you like it or not, it it did a lot of. It's one hell of a, an experimental story for visual effects and and costumes and everything. It's a very very striking the gold axon makeup. Yeah. And also his voice as well as as the as he is Axos basically, isn't he? Yeah. So it's um it's very sad. But I, I didn't realise how long he was in Z Cars as well. Another very, very popular T V series in the sixties and seventies, in two hundred and seventy seven episodes. Yeah. Or which I didn't know, actually. No. I had I'm no nothing. idea. So there we are. So there we are. But do you remember the um because looking at the, the the website we're looking at to, to get this information, there was a, a program called Now and Then um, that it was in. Now, do you remember that one? It used to be on LWT on a Sunday night, and he was the sort of like the adult thinking. It was sort of the adult version of this character thinking back to his time during World War Two as a child. Do you remember that? No, <laughs> in a word. Right. Okay. No, it was really good, and it was um, the actor who played him as a child. Was the one who got into trouble. He, he's end up in. He was in Grange Hill, then end up in London's burning, and the news of the world did that sting on him because he was dealing drugs. Right. It was John Aldridge or something like that. I, I can't think no. of his name now, but yeah. So no, basically, he played the younger version of Bernard Holly's character um, right. in, in World War Two. So I remember sort of watching it all the time, but Bernard Holly wasn't in it that much. Obviously, he used to sort of like bookend the episode because most of it was set in the past. Really, and, and growing up with his family, and he'd, he'd do like a bit of a. I think they might have done a little bit of a voiceover all the way through it as well. 
seem to remember. But uh, I don't think that's ever been repeated now and then. Not to my knowledge, no. anyway. Maybe, maybe no, it might have been Britbox at one point, I, but... Uh, I, I have not seen it. So not seen it, not seen it. No, I wish I'd think of that actor's name now from now and then, but... Uh, but then, anyway, there you go. Um, I just think John Aldridge wasn't he? Didn't he? Wasn't he a football player for uh, Liverpool back in the eighties? Yes. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> it wasn't him. <laughs> it was John. He certainly to begin with an A. I thought it was Aldridge. It was John something. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so a very very sad. And I think yeah, it's um, it just say an absolutely classic ep- sort of like ep- two. I mean, two classic stories he starred in, or, or you know, it's uh, yeah. it's, it's uh, for Doc Two fans. This this sort of it's a it's a very very sad day. It really is. Anyway, so um, let's wrap up news with uh, with this last and wrap up the podcast actually with with this last item of news. And it could be this could also be sad news for certain people, but it could bring great joy to others actually because um, the thirteenth Doctor's TARDIS has been dismantled. Now I'm punching the air for for this because I absolutely despised. <laughs> I just think you never got caught. That's the- no, I did. I never. <laughs> Yes, it's been dismantled. Yes, at Rothlock Studios, um, yes, it's been dismantled. And obviously, the, the new TARDIS set will be built at the, the Bad Wolf Studios also in, in, in Cardiff as well, uh, when, when the time comes. So, um, yeah, I, sorry, I, I've never, never, ever got, uh, got, got on board with, with that TARDIS set at all. I, I really no. didn't. I, I never liked it. I never liked it. Yeah, I think I think I think I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt when we first saw that saw those those very very poor resolution photos that were sort of doing the rounds on 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 social media, and I thought okay, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. It's different, um, but when you saw it in action and the custard cream dispenser went absolutely nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, mentioned it, I think in the opening episode, and that was it. Or, or the, sort of the second episode, wasn't it? It was in the Ghost Monument, and then after that. Never referenced again. It was it was a quirk that they sort of introduced for the doctor. This doctor likes custard creams that came out of absolutely nowhere. So um, yeah, it never worked. It never worked no. at all, and it's too low it just, as well. Yeah, it just never felt that you could actually spend any time there. No, we, we, I think we, we you. I mean, I've, I've got this. My favourite of, of recent yeah, has been Peter Capaldi's TARDIS console room. They made it feel lived in. You had the you yeah. had the upper level with the books and chairs and and cabinets and and things yeah. like that. So, it, as you say, it felt lived in, and you could see there were stairs going down, so you knew there was somewhere else to go. That set, it doesn't look like there's anywhere else to go in there. It's no. so poor, poorly lit as well. Um, yeah, and I've never understood the whole crystal or stalagmite stalactite thing going on in there either. I don't know where that's. You know what? What the theme was behind that? So where did that come from? Yeah, ne- I never really sort of never never got on board with that that target no. set at all. Although, although having said that about this, doesn't really look very somewhere you can live. I mean, seeing as we grew up with a TARDIS that had what one chair <laughs> and a hat stand, <laughs> <laughs> and that strange le- not, that that, that eagle lectern as well. So yeah. <laughs> the way, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not necessarily sure that we can really. Or it could really yeah diss it yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's very very good points, Paul. But um... I mean, you know, I don't know. If you, if you put a hat stand somewhere towards the side on this one, it might suddenly look brilliant. I don't know. It might do with, with Tom Baker's hat and scarf just hanging on it. Yes. <laughs> just casually. Yeah. 
It would be interesting. Oh, could you imagine if someone actually, if they actually did that for a future TARDIS, just had a, a hat stand with the fourth Doctor's hat and scarf just sitting on there all the time, and just didn't all the time. sit at all. <laughs> oh no, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Oh well, that... all, 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 all the way through that series, everyone's going, "When's he going to come? When's he going to turn up? When's he going to?" Turn up? <laughs> no, no. <Not> at all. <laughs> Or even have one of Pertwee's frilly shirts hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> or Troughton's recorder. <laughs> oh dear. Oh well, there they are. So that 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 that's the that's it for the news this week. So uh, there we're not not again. Not a lot to report, but I I, I just it's, it's kind of it's horrible really. Each week we've been covering Doctor Who flux. We've we've been reporting yeah. on people who've sadly left. You know left. The world of Doctor Who and, and left us all together. So it's uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I hope next week we don't have to report news like that. I'd yes. rather have no news at all rather than have to report yeah. news like that. I really did. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, so that's the end of the news, and that's the end of this particular podcast. So uh, Paul and I will return next week when we review uh, Doctor Who Flux Chapter Five, and uh, Scott Ross will be back with the. Uh, with the feedback section as well in Omega's feedback corner. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss a show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and if you have time, leave us a quick review also. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts or Amazon Music and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to leave us feedback, you can do this through Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast and also through the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. You can find all of these links on our website who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk. Hmm.